This is Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a Madden Monday podcast outside of the Lexus Club here at PPG Paid Serena right after Yager Night concludes... Yager night was great. The Penguins game was not. Tim Benz, Mark Madden with you, brought to you by Gerger Construction. Mark, in terms of the game itself, we'll kind of work backwards. Deflating the way that it ended, given the nature of the night leading into the contest itself. Well, first off, it was a star-studded cast here at the Lexus Club. Joe Bartnick, Steve Byrne, Bill Crawford, all the way live. Uh, Yeah, they're awful. I mean, they're a bad hockey team. They are where they're at in the standings by merit or lack thereof. They're going nowhere. In a game like tonight, signed Jake Gensel's exit papers. You can't keep them, especially now. I mean, if, if they win, like, the next couple at home against mad teams, although L.A.'s certainly a mad team, and they blew a 1-0 lead late. Although, I, people were on Twitter blaming Jari for, like, the goals being soft. I don't think the goals were that soft in the first place. The first one was a double deflection, if I'm not mistaken. And the last one, they did their usual shenanigans on the power play right. and got burned shorthanded. But... Uh, but uh, they're just not very good. You score one goal, you're going to lose against almost anybody. So if they would win a couple in a row, you know, playing mad teams at home, it would just be a false dawn. Uh, to quote, um, what was the colonel's name? Colonel Troutman in Rambo? Yes. It's over, Johnny. And uh, they just got to accept that. And then they're not going to burn it down because you don't do that in a cap league. And I think they want to keep selling tickets at a 98% rate like they are with the core three. But you can't let Jake Lee for nothing with no tangible end to be gained by keeping him. So I think you got to trade him. I don't know what they'll get for him. I don't know if his injury, which I hear is a broken pinky, affects his you know value in return, but he's got to get traded. And I don't want to see that happen, but what can you do? That's, that's what the predicament, the team, the core three, has put Kyle Dubas in. As good as Sid's playing, he's out there too. And I think it goes back to their last home game where Mike Sullivan came out and said, you know, usually I have a very good sense of what I feel like or what I think I saw coming off the bench and he just didn't have any answers. He had no answers in advance of that game against Chicago where they did go out and win. But the previous defeat that they had, it's just it struck me that they're, they've tried everything and nothing is working. 
the only line that even threatens is the Sid line. And he scored again tonight. I think that's 112 times he scored the first goal in a game. He always shows up to play. It is a testament to his competitive spirit that he scored first again tonight, as he scored first again just 15 seconds in in Chicago. But uh, they're not a good team. Evgeny Malkin's washed up. He's done. Okay, if he rededicates himself to hockey physically and mentally this summer and works like Sid would in the offseason, maybe he has a chance to resurrect next year, but he has like, what, one goal in 14, 15 games now, something like that? He's done. He looks terrible out there. He looks like he's dragging a piano around. Riley Smith looks like he doesn't want to be here, which he doesn't. He'd still rather be in Vegas. In the bottom six, I don't know whether to blame them for not scoring or just say, okay, that's what they are. So, you know, Raquel's awful. I mean, I, Mike DeFabo from The Athletic tweeted after Yager skated a practice that uh, Yager was better than all of the Penguins' top uh, bottom six forwards. I said, Mike, I think you're overestimating the top six forwards. Well, I thought about that on the power play. It was sort of like a running joke. If you just put Yarmir Yager out there on the power play, he's going to score. But, you know, I was watching after the first one that was scored by Sidney Crosby. The last couple times I thought to myself, maybe that wasn't a joke. There, there might have been something to it. Well, at 52, which he just turned, I don't think he could do it. But I don't think he'd be worse. Um, and, and the ceremony tonight was great. I mean, it, it shows why the Penguins are the classiest franchise in town. They handled it absolutely perfectly. Yags' speech was the Gettysburg address of, of Penguin greatness. Um, Staggy did a tremendous job. Lemieux was featured in just the right amount, not to steal the pop. I don't think that I've ever seen a number retirement ceremony that was handled better than the Penguins did with Yager tonight. Yager was delightful. Glad to see his mom there, his half his age girlfriend. That was beautiful. It, it was tremendous. The whole thing was great. Uh, I talked with Yags very briefly, one on one, as he was in his way to the media thing. Uh, you know, I covered the guy for eleven years. I mean, I and he's part of the franchise I grew up loving and still do love. So the whole thing, it was aces high by me. At the press conference before the ceremony, I asked Yager about Crosby, Malkin, and Latang because, you know, he played in the NHL until he was 45. I said, these guys are 35, 36, 37 years old. How long can they all play? He answered in the affirmative about Sid. He didn't say anything about the other two. Well, I think Latang could play a while longer. I think he keeps himself in that kind of shape. I think Sid and Latang have been preparing to play at 40 since they were 10. Uh, Gino is just a typically aging 37-year-old. That doesn't make him a less... That doesn't make him not dedicated. It does make him less dedicated. It doesn't make him not dedicated. He's a professional, and he's worked hard, not as hard. That's the point, the difference between him and Sid and Latang. Um, Yager had a very prescient quote. He was on the uh, telecast tonight briefly on Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Besides swearing, he dropped an F-bomb. There was a scrum. He said, oh, bleep. And um, which great color commentary, uh, but um, a lot of color. And uh, but he said that the guys in the power play are all good hockey players. They respect each other too much. They just need to shoot. He's right. And and it, you know somebody not, needs to be the a hole and just hammer the puck. Well, someone needs to tell them if they don't shoot, use somebody else on the power play. And I'm not one of those fire reardon guys. Although in terms of even Sully, the way this season has gone gets most coaches fired. Yeah. I'm not saying you fire him. But after the season, I would consider all my options, and I'm sure they will. Even if he's a great coach, maybe his message here is just lost. Maybe he'd be happier with a, a better team that would give him better opportunity. I don't know. I don't know if that applies to Sid either in terms of past this season. But, uh, but yeah, the power play the power play's killed them. It, it, it has been as damaging to their place in the standings and playoff chances 
as any single facet in any sport I ever remember. I never remember a team being undone by one part of their game as thoroughly as the, as the Penguins have been by the power play. My first year in Pittsburgh was Yager's last year in Pittsburgh before they ended up losing to the Devils, Mario's return. I got here about six weeks after Mario's return game. And I remember you talked about this a lot on your show at the time. It was kind of a theme uh, the first couple years I was here, even as the Penguins started to go down after Yager left and Lemieux retired again, that, you know, the Penguins for a long time, and I think the fan base too, looked at the Steelers as sort of a walking, talking, breathing nostalgia tour. You know, it was in the 90s and into the early 2000s before they got good again once Heinz Field was built, it was a lot of let's just wallow in the memory of the 70s. I loved everything I saw tonight, but are we getting close to that? Are we getting too far away now from the cup victories in the Sid years where we've got to rely on nostalgia? And are they kind of doing that in the present with the three that they're holding on to? We probably are, but no team wins forever. As I've said repeatedly, the Penguins were legitimate contenders to win the Stanley Cup every year between 08 and 18. They won three times, made another final. I mean, most franchises never get an 11-year stretch like that. They just don't. So I can't get too mad when they suddenly aren't that good because, again, no team can win forever. We had a conversation with our friends Joe Bart, Nick Steve Byrne, who were here at the Lexus Club about the next retirement the next jersey retirement you don't think there should be another one until crosby retires right well no i'm, I'm reading their room from what i just the approach i think the penguins are going to take and, and don't forget guys are honored they have the penguins hall of fame now they have the the ring of honor in the in the dressing room which i think they're going to expand and have a more public I, I, I don't know i mean i think i think they're only gonna have the elite of the elite be have their numbers retired i think that's crosby and malkin um with, with, like, say, Flurry, who's incredibly popular. Once you let popularity seep into this, it opens a whole new can of worms. Yeah. Once you retire Flurry, how do you not retire Barrasso? You know, you don't want to go to a certain level where you just, you know, feel you have to keep retiring, which has happened in the Montreal Canadiens. They have so many numbers retired. Their current team looks like a roller hockey team, 73, 89, whatever. Those are the best players. Yeah, right, right. So... So, I mean, i give you an example with the Canadians. They retired Bob Ganey's number. And I know, this, I know that he's one that was the reason the Selkie Trophy for best defensive forward was invented. You don't retire a checking forward's number. Okay, once you, you know, I don't want to say stoop because he was a great player, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It should be the best of the best. So I think it's going to be Sid and Gino next. And I'm not putting Mark down. He's one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. He's a first ballot Hall of Fame goalie, okay? But never made first team all-star. I don't think he even made second-team All-Star, never won a Vezina, and was only in goal when the Penguins won the Cup, actually won the Cup once out of three times. Quick Steelers thing I want to get to before we get out of here, and that involves uh, what's going on at the quarterback position and what we read uh, from our colleague on uh, iHeartRadio, Jerry Dulac. He had written that there was some internal divide over whether or not Mason Rudolph should come back as the quarterback. I followed up on that, and a source tells me that the internal divide thing does exist. And, gee, here's a shocker. Might be starting in the wide receiver's room, Mark. Never saw that coming, huh? I have heard, and I said this on my show, and no one believes me, so it didn't go past my show, but everything I've said about the Steelers, the picket, refusing to dress in Seattle as the backup, watch skipping out of his exit meeting, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I had that suspension months before it happened. You know, I know what's going on down there, and I know you know I know what's going on. I've heard Deontay Johnson's future is in doubt because, because I've heard whispers he plans to have a hold-in again like he did two years ago because we're going into the last year of his contract. 
and he's going to make noise over Pickett being the quarterback. So, so it says a lot, and I'm not a Deontay fan by any means. I think he's mediocre, and they paid him way too much, okay? But if you're going to get rid of him because he's not a Pickett guy, I mean, come on. And, and I, I think... I think that, that committing to Pickens the quarterback without any combat, without any real competition, unless it's oh, the Kabali made a good point. If you have Rudolph back, that is competition. Pickett can interpret it as that because Rudolph beat him out last year. You know he did. I mean Pickett was hurt. It mm-hmm. opened the door, but but Rudolph kept playing when Pickett was available. Here's that funny thing about the Deontay Johnson story that you just mentioned to me. I heard you, you've you, heard that too, right? I was just about to say I heard you say that, and that morning. I had heard the exact same thing, and I don't know if we heard it from the same people, but I had heard that exact same story positive. I guarantee we did not hear it from the same people. I guarantee you heard it from somebody different. One thing that people need to understand about the Steelers is that organization has no secrets. Nothing goes on there that somebody doesn't call me about, like, right away, especially if they have an axe to grind and I can help them grind it, to be very blunt. Who won your deck hockey tournament? I don't know. I had to leave to come here. Uh, I think... The Bills under-20 team won the lower division. It's adult. And I know Purple Power, a team from Banksville, won the upper division. Tim, I'm sorry, 7-6 in overtime. M- much better than the Penguin game tonight, am I right? Mark Madden, you can check him out with me, Matt. Tim, one more thing I want yeah. to say. I want to go on a big tangent on this on my show. Penguins are a better organization than the Steelers and have been for quite some time. And tonight, the class with Yager, everything was better than the Steelers handle stuff like this. Okay, when the Steelers do it, they induct 500 guys to Hall of Honor. It's heavy-handed. You know, they have a statue of Art Rooney, the chief. That's their only statue, and he was a terrible owner in terms of results. You know, it just, it just, the Penguins are just a better organization. They've won five cups since 1991. The Steelers have won two Super Bowls, and, uh, and before that was 43 years ago. Okay? The Penguins have three of the best six players in hockey history. Three of the best ten by any estimation. Okay? Do the Steelers have three of the best ten football players ever? No. Okay, they have one more championship, but the Penguins are a much better organization. And all that was on display tonight here at PPG Paints Arena until the minute they dropped the puck. Did you see your guy Warren Sharp? I don't know if you like Warren Sharp or not, actually. I like Warren Sharp on Twitter, but he used your line, this is not a serious franchise. Well, I stole that from Logan Roy, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The, he said that on the picket thing? You said it about the what, – what he took – he took the information from what Dulac said about not wanting to bring in competition for Pickett as the serious part. I couldn't agree more. I could, them not wanting to bring serious competition in for Pickett – shows a distressing lack of ambition. And the players are going to figure that out. As you said, the receivers probably already have. I wonder what T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward have to say about that. Okay, their careers are being wasted. Not that they haven't done their share to waste, too, because what was it? Uh, the Steelers' defense is the first defense ever to allow 30 points or over in five consecutive playoff games. And we can talk about how great Watt and Hayward are. They were out there, too. Mark Madden and I will be on Madden Ben's Unfiltered, 9.30 a.m. on the Facebook live stream. Check that out, by the way. Quick programming note. A week off for Madden Ben's Unfiltered and for the Madden Monday podcast next week. Mark is going to be in England. I'm going to be in Vegas. So we're both going to take a knee. You're going out for Liverpool. Tell me, mommy, ma, that I won't be on at three. <laughs> I'm going to Wembley. Tell me, mommy, ma.